Good evening, everybody. Happy Easter. Can we do better than that? Happy Easter. <laughs> I don't know what you were excited about this Easter, going home, getting a good Easter meal with your family or with friends or with wherever you could be. I don't know if you got your peeps. Did everyone get your peeps? Nope. All right. You know, my kids this morning, we celebrate Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. We also have some of those other stuff that you can find in the store. My kids were excited about a little chicken that hops and it poops uh, bubblegum eggs. That's what they're excited about this morning. Today, I want to celebrate with you the resurrection reality that Jesus is alive. Jesus is no longer in the tomb, no longer on the cross. Jesus is alive. And for us who are followers of Jesus, the resurrection stands at the center of our Christian faith. It's the linchpin. It's the crux. It's the cornerstone piece. And tonight, we want to celebrate the change and the possibility that comes with the reality that Jesus has changed everything by the resurrection. The resurrection is the ground of our assurance. It's the basis for all our future hopes. It's the source of our power in our daily lives, here and now. It gives us courage in the midst of persecution, comfort in the midst of our trials, and hope in the midst of this world's darkness. I want you to hear about how the Apostle Paul talks about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15. This is what he says to people who are challenging whether the resurrection of the body and the resurrection of Jesus is real. So what he says, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if hope, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Did you hear what Paul said? In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. And my prayer for you tonight is for you to realize the prayer that Paul prayed in Philippians 3. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I don't want resurrection celebration to be something that we celebrate way in the past and try and bring forward with just our memory. We follow a living, resurrected Christ. And his living power is available to you and me today. I want you to hear what Paul also says in Colossians. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also appear with him in glory. 
Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Paul talks about, in that passage, and what we are talking about tonight is the reality that the resurrection still lives. Jesus still lives. And that for you and I, the resurrection changes everything. Change is possible. And I don't know if that's good news for you tonight, but I know there's a lot of people here tonight who might be hoping and longing for change in their life. Maybe your life hasn't been going quite according to your plan. Maybe you have some financial concerns where you can't seem to find the light at the end of the tunnel and the burden is great. Perhaps you're in a relationship which isn't turning out like you thought it would. Or perhaps you want to be in a relationship and you're not. Maybe you felt limited by the choices available to you right now in your life. Maybe health issues or family issues have begun to dictate your life. And you feel that you've lost all control. So you might be looking for some hope and some change to take place in your life. Easter is God's invitation to you and to me. And what's that invitation of Easter, of the resurrection? The, the invitation is to a changed life. Tonight we've come to gather around an empty cross and an empty tomb. And that's where we're going to find that there are no limitations with God. That God broke through every barrier to bring change to the world and offers the same change to you and to me. Easter's all about change. If it were not, the tomb would still be shut closed with Jesus' body inside. And on that first Easter morning, when the women who went to the tomb, they didn't know that their lives were about to change. Right? The women went to the tomb that morning. They thought life was never going to be the same without Jesus. All their hopes for the future, all their hopes for a Messiah had been nailed to the cross. This was the day that the women's lives would change forever. They would never be the same, but it's not because Jesus was dead. It was because Jesus was alive. What changed for the women and what's changed for everyone since? You see, death used to have the last word, but no longer. God took the worst possible situation, Jesus' crucifixion and death, and turned it around to use it for good, and it changed the world. Many people in this world believe that death has the last word. They believe that life is just what you make of it. Get what you can take, and that's all that there is. Because it's going to be over soon. But here's what the resurrection message says. The resurrection reality says that death is real, but it's not final. In Jesus, life has the last word. Resurrection shows it that there is a power stronger than death. That God's power can blast through all the roadblocks of sin, of evil, of fear, 
of mistrust. Death is real, but it's not final. This is what Tim Keller said about the resurrection. He says, if Jesus rose from the dead, you have to accept all that he said. But if he didn't rise from the dead, why worry about anything that Jesus said? But if Jesus rose from the dead, it changes everything. And I want to talk to you tonight about how Easter changes everything for you and for me. First point is this, that Easter or the resurrection changes everything for you because it can redeem your pain. We would probably all admit to each other that the world is not the way it's supposed to be. Every one of us faces challenges and difficulties. Some of you, because I've talked with you and heard your story, I know that you have had to endure great hardship, a family situation that is out of your control, something done to you by someone else, something beyond your control, some avoidable, unavoidable reality or some accident or something that happened to you in your life. What I've realized over the years of being here at Grand Valley, everybody has some hardship, some burden that they carry. And it's something that's hard to change. But what I want you to hear tonight is that because of the resurrection of Jesus, just like Jesus took the cross and his trial and everything else that happened around that last week of his life that was unjust and didn't deserve to happen to Jesus, and Jesus took all of that and transformed it into the greatest victory ever known to humankind and victory over sin and victory over death, God can redeem your pain through the resurrected Christ. God can transform that thing that's out of your control that you have to carry, and he can redeem your pain and use it for something good. He can use it to reach and teach and affirm and encourage others. So Easter changes because you can redeem your pain. Another thing is is you can be released from your past. Ephesians 2.4 says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Do you hear that? You can be released from your past. I don't know if you remember when you first felt the freedom of forgiveness. When you realize that because of what Christ has done for you on the cross and because of his rising from the dead, that you could be free from the things that you've done And from the things that you've left undone, the things that you deliberately did, and the things that you are a part of just by going along with the crowd. Do you remember what it felt like for that burden to fall away? It 
Can you imagine all that weight and that burden coming back to you now? That's what Paul said when he says, if Christ has not been raised, then you are still in your sin, still in your brokenness. We have hope because Jesus Christ is raised. We know that God has conquered sin forever. And finally, and you are forgiven forever in Christ. When I was a counselor at a camp, Castaway in Minnesota, Young Life Property, one night they were making and talking about the reality that Jesus offers life to us. And they called people to respond. And it was an incredible offer. Lots of students responded that night. When I left, I went outside and was thinking, and I saw someone out on the deck looking over the lake. And as I got closer, I saw it was someone from our group. It was a young woman in high school. I heard her crying and crying and crying tears that I have never heard like that before. It's seared in my memory. You see, she concluded that she was beyond forgiveness. And that the offer that was extended didn't apply to her because of things that had been done to her and things that had been done by her. And she felt like the offer didn't apply to her because of her past and her pain. And I did as best as I could to explain to her that God's offer was true for her. That in Christ, you can be forgiven forever. Forgiven completely and forever and released from your past. Just like a chain that falls away. Tonight, I want you to know that if that's you, if you think that the grace of Jesus Christ applies to everyone but you, hear tonight that God wants you to know the power of his resurrection. He wants you to know the power of the freedom from sin. God wants you to be released from your past. The third thing is, is that God can refocus your present. If there's anything true that I hear from all of you, is that you feel an incredible amount of pressure. Pressure to perform in school, Pressure to figure out what your life is going to be like. Pressure to figure out what your next step is going to be after college, what your next steps are going to be in college. And what the good news is, is that Jesus says in the midst of the demands and the trials and the challenges of this life, that your present problems can be managed because the power of the resurrected Christ is available to you. It says in Ephesians 1.20, it says, How incredibly great is Christ's power to help those who believe in him. The same mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. In Philippians 4, 13, it says, I can do all things from Christ who strengthens me. Here's the good news. Whatever you face today, God can handle it. And you can handle it. You can endure. You can not only endure, you can triumph because of Christ's resurrection power that's available to you. 
If God can raise Jesus Christ from the dead, there is nothing that God cannot do. And God invites you to refocus your present and look to him instead of trying to figure it all out on your own strength and on your own ability. Another thing that God wants to do in the midst of bringing this resurrection reality to our own lives, to our daily lives, is that God wants us to be part of restoring God's shalom. You see, the resurrection is not just a private, personal event between you and Jesus or me and Jesus. It speaks to all of creation. God is not satisfied with how this broken, blighted planet exists right now. And in his book, the way it's not the way it's not the way it's supposed to be, Cornelius Plantinga described a concept called shalom. And what Easter is all about is that Jesus is the first fruits of God setting things right. Jesus broke sin, conquered death, and is in the process of setting things right. And so God is going to use the resurrection of Jesus to start setting not just people right, but creation right. This is what shalom means. It says in the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness and delight, a rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts are fruitfully employed, a state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as its creator and savior opens doors and welcomes the creature in whom he delights. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. The resurrection is the first fruit. Jesus is the first fruit of setting the world right. And when you've wondered where God is in the midst of an injustice or a wrong or something's happened in your life or in the world, you can look to the resurrection and to the, cro- to the cross and to the resurrection and say, that's where Jesus, that's where God is acting to set the world right. And it's not just a private thing. The disciples didn't believe the resurrection was just for them. It was applied to everyone. It applied to everything. It applied to the created order and to every human being. The offer and the opportunity of the resurrection is that death doesn't have the final word. The structures that look so powerful in this world are not the final authority. God is more powerful. The resurrected Jesus can conquer sin and make things right. The risen power of Jesus empowers us as we join God in this new shalom mission. The last point I want to say is this. Is that the resurrection reality, that resurrection changes everything, means that you can realize eternal life now and forever. In John 11, Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, 
Even though they die, whoever lives by believing me will never die. You see, eternal life, I think we've got it wrong. Have you heard the Kenny Chesney song? I'm a sort of a country guy. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to go now. Right? We tend to think of eternal life something way out there in the future that goes on forever. But what Jesus is talking about, he said in John 10, the chapter before, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Jesus offers to you and to me life a different kind of life, a different quality of life now that carries from now through the grave and into eternity. Hear what Peter says in 1 Peter 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. God wants you to have a different kind of life now, wholeness and meaning and purpose now through finding his son Jesus. And he wants that life to grow and mature and carry on in you throughout your whole life. And that will give you hope because of what God is doing in your life that will carry on into eternity. You can know without a shadow of the doubt that you are united with Christ, that your sin has been paid for, and that you are set free to be who God created you to be because of the resurrection reality. The resurrection changes everything. Now let me ask you a question. I've been talking about how, e- how the resurrection changes everything. Why wouldn't people open up their hearts to God? Maybe it's because they've been hurt. And in that hurt, they not only blamed what happened, but they blamed God. Or because of pride or ego People want to do their own thing without any regard for God. Or some of us might be afraid, thinking that if we open ourselves up to God, that somehow he's going to make us into some kind of religious nutcase. I'm not sure what might keep you from opening up to God, but if you really want to change, you must open up your heart. God has a power that you and I don't have. The same power that raised Christ from the dead 2,000 years ago is the same power available to change your life. This semester, we have been focused on the book of Acts. And there's two main characters in the book of Acts besides the Holy Spirit. One is Peter. You remember Peter, the bold disciple who made bold proclamations that he was never going to deny Christ and then denied him three times when Jesus was arrested. I want to show you Peter's testimony. See, Peter was impulsive. He was inconsistent. He had tons of potential, but he was fickle. 
He had so much insight, but on his own strength, he couldn't do it. But you know what? The resurrected Christ met Peter on the beach in Galilee and asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. He asked him three times. Not to embarrass Peter, not to to humiliate Peter, but to remind Peter that the offer was still valid. And Peter went from being impulsive, inconsistent, and fickle to being humbled by the love of Jesus Christ, confident in who he was in Christ, and filled with power that transformed who he was to be the bold proclaimer of the gospel in Acts. That's Peter's cardboard testimony. The other person in Acts is Saul. You see, Saul was a very zealous, religious man who had all kinds of righteousness of his own, and he was fiery, and he was a persecutor of Christians. But in Acts chapter 9, I'm actually going to go there. In Acts chapter 9, it says that while Paul was on the, while Saul was on the road to Damascus, it said, suddenly, as he neared Damascus, a, a light from heaven flashed around Saul. And he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go to the city, and I will tell you what you must do. And what happened was, is that Paul lost his sight and was relieved and changed and transformed to being Paul. Saul became Paul. And this man who was a zealous persecutor of Christians became transformed and he became a champion for Christ. We're probably Christians because of Paul. So what I want you to hear tonight as I talk about the change that is available to us is that you can be transformed by this resurrection reality. It's my hope tonight that you will say yes to God today. That you will open up your life and you'll say, I want to open up my life to the power of Christ. Open up my life to your grace, Lord. And if you do that, you will see changes in your life as Christ's love and Christ's power begin to transform you on the inside. Tonight we're going to share stories of how God is still changing lives in our community through cardboard testimonies just like this. And I want you to know that I pray tonight that you would believe, that you would embrace the resurrection reality that change is possible for you and that the risen Christ loves you and calls you to embrace his gift of forgiveness.